0: Welcome everybody, this is What's Up For You, it's June 13th,
1: 2023, and um, let's just see if there's anything to share generally before we kind of get started on the questions, so if everybody will just breathe into their bodies for a minute. Um, There's a lot of, there's just an awful lot of change going on, um, and that change is going on at a biological level, um, as well as mental and emotional. And so as we're kind of moving through these times, I think it's just more important than ever to be kind to ourselves, to be loving to ourselves, to treat our bodies um, with, uh, with the respect that they deserve being kind of the... Um, the way we get to experience life here, yeah, the vehicle through which we get to experience life here. So this is, you know true of, you know, our adult selves. It's also true of the kids, so that some of that information might come up today as well. Um, yeah, but really, kindness, loving kindness towards our bodies, our minds, our emotions, yeah. Deep love and compassion. Here we go.
2: All right. So, Sharon, where do we want to start? All right. Let's start with this first question. As an energy healer, I rely on my pendulum dowsing for guidance, which I am grateful for, but feel that my clear senses and healing abilities are blocked from being fully embodied and expressed. How do I resolve this so I can be of greatest service to others?
1: Um, let me say this. I think that. I think that most of us who have any kind of skill set whatsoever with, you know, however we um, kind of get our information, <clears throat> that that means of getting information is going through a shift and an alteration. And so I'm not seeing this so much as a block as I'm seeing it kind of a reorientation into a different um, the word I'm hearing is it's like a different
0: stratosphere of information. And so um, hold on a second.
1: Okay, me Yeah, it's um Instead of, I think one of the things that happens frequently is we have been conditioned to believe that when anything starts to go awry, that it's somehow broken or separated or we're not connected anymore, that kind of thing. I'd really just, in this case, invite you to um, consider that it's a reorganization and almost like an up-leveling of that skill set. And so the moment you kind of reorient to that perspective of it, my guess is it's gonna come back online and come back online probably stronger than it did, um, stronger than it was in the past. So yeah, to me, it's a reorientation of perspective more so than anything else in this case, yeah.
2: All right, this question is, Why does my body experience the same intense physical reaction when feeling both extreme anxiety and extreme joy? (laughs) My muscles tense and cease up stimming movements overthrow my body and I begin to feel nauseous. These emotions are drastic, drastic opposites, but often manifest with the same symptoms. Thank you.
1: They're opposites only in the sense of how we perceive them. They're not necessarily opposites in the way the the biology responds to the information that stimulates those feelings, right? So um, so again, hold on a second, give
0: my MGSM.
1: We're just entering a time here where we're going to have to let go of the either or and allow the both and. This is the difference between separation consciousness or fear-based consciousness and unity consciousness. And so, and we're stepping very heavily into that energy right now. And so part of the fact that you're even aware that anxiety and stress feels an awful lot like excitement in the body has to do with the fact that you're moving into this unified field. So again, we get to choose what we call that. We get to choose how we perceive it. Instead of just allowing that stressor to take over the body, let's um, reorient the body so that the body's not controlling us. the 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 broader perception, the broader reality of who we are in truth, is what gets to create what gets to create the reality or the perception of that experience. So um, we all got imprinted in a certain way and it could be very, very easily also that your early imprinting had anxiety and pleasure kind of intertwined almost like a like a double bind, you might say. So, but instead of going back to the past and kind of unwinding that from that place, let's choose that reorientation. Let's choose what we make that energy mean in the body. And quite frankly, we can make it mean anything, but the body is so ready for this shift right now. It's so malleable in some ways, as far as the information, the moment we tell it, what what it is what we are experiencing the moment that we re-imprint something it'll take hold pretty darn quickly yep so um and again we all prefer probably prefer bliss over anxiety right um and if you look at something like the hawkins scale they're you know they're just two ends of of a spectrum right but let's Let's own the fact now that we can choose which end of the spectrum we're going to orient to. Yep, it literally is our choice. Yeah, choose, choose, choose. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, thank you.
2: All right, this question is, I've had this noticeable crunch or not just at the back of my heart. But only the only time I feel it is when I'm using my phone. I feel it has a message for me. Can you tune in and offer any guidance?
0: What I'll say is what I'm, um, well, let me say this
1: I'm noticing that the more we um, shift in frequency, the more we are impacted by. Electromagnetics, we are, our, our bodies, our, our human experience here, the electromagnetics of that is changing significantly right now. And if you think about the heart being almost the center of that electromagnetic activity, um, it's almost as if um, anything that disrupts that in its transition phase. Can kind of create um,
0: like you're saying like that knot or um, uh, hold on a second, let me see. Yeah, it, to me, this all looks like electromagnetics. It, it,
1: the the current that is you know, kind of like placed up to your head or <clears throat> even stuck in your ear as a as an earphone. Um, while you're interacting, probably happens on the computer as well. I notice a lot that if my hands are on the computer, that energy will start running up, um, running up my arms. And again, where is it going? It's going right up the arms into the heart. If it's going, if it's here, yep, it's, you'll probably also feel it kind of back up, um, the electromagnetics as far as the way the neurological process interfaces with the heart. Um, So all of that can be part of this um, experience. And so I know nobody wants to hear the response, put down your phone, (laughs) you know, or back off of the computer um, a bit, or those kinds of things of having to have that conversation with myself, quite a bit lately as well, so, um, but, and in this moment of reset, in this moment when your body is trying to reorient into this, you might say this more expansive frequency band or this more expansive aspect of yourself, it might really be a good, Opportunity to give yourself a little bit of a break from those electro from anything that kind of creates a disturbance in the electromagnetic field um, definitely would be turning off things like Wi-Fi and things like that, especially when you sleep, so you at least have a little bit of time for your body to reorient um, before you create that again in the next day, and also something just as basic as earthing. You know, really allow the Earth's electromagnetics to help you kind of reorient to this other, um, yeah, to this new frequency band, you might say. So, just little, little, um, little breaks from that are really gonna are really gonna help right now. Once it's reset, you probably won't have as much of that experience. But we got to get it reset first. So, yeah.
2: All right. This question is, my 11-year-old nonverbal son is scheduled for a dental surgery where he will be fully sedated. I am concerned about this and how I will be able to get through to him about this procedure as the communication is extremely limited. This The dentist is a terrifying experience for him. What can you advise?
1: Yeah. So again, we're from our more limited human perspective, we kind of go, okay, there's not much, quote unquote, verbal communication. Therefore, you know, our human minds say there's no way to get through to him about, you know, what's about to happen and what he might experience and those kinds of things. There's also all kinds of fear, you know, on, on your part, because you want him to have a you know, you want him to have an easy experience, and that makes perfect sense. So first, let's 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 clear some of that <clears throat> that stress, that that angst, that overwhelm that you feel. You know, just having him go to the dentist. I mean, that, that that's all scary. You, we've all had experiences at the dentist where we'd rather not um, have been there. So let's clear that from the field here just for a second. Let's move that aside for a minute. And then let's shift up here a bit, because the fact is, is that even more so for somebody who is nonverbal, their openness to the information that is literally just shared directly to their consciousness is, is pretty significant. And so, please understand that when you close your eyes for a moment, and when you start envisioning a, a really beautiful experience for him, when you acknowledge that, you know, he goes to sleep for a while, his body has this experience, the whole time he's in that um, in that chair, you can be helping the body release, 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 anything that it's taking on, anything that it's um, being imprinted with or remembering. You can be with him even as you sit in the waiting room. And yeah, just again, just close your eyes and be in presence with him during that whole process. He'll come out of the process feeling like you've been there the whole time, holding his hand, he'll, and therefore his body won't be in such stress, right? It won't be like somebody's just working on him, knocking him out, working on him, saying whatever people say as, you know, they're just doing their jobs kind of thing. When you put your attention point um, right there with him, it would be very much as if you were right there holding his hand, calming down his nervous system, um, helping to move out any of the stressors and the tensions. And you can literally do that just with your own intention. We've been so conditioned to go into fear, worry, concern that our kids go under or our kids have some experience. We're in fear, worry, and concern. So they go to reach out for us and we're meeting them with fear, worry, and concern, right? Especially, you know, you're as the parent. There's, you know, a biological connection. I mean, you can you can support him through that whole thing with ease and grace. I'll 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 tell you, my my youngest daughter's scared to death of the dentist verbal you know, um, has the skill set to say that she's that and all that still doesn't change the fact that when she gets in that chair, she's just panicked. And when she had her wisdom teeth out, she went back, she was in the chair, I couldn't go back with her, you know, it was, I had to sit in the waiting room. And I told her before I even before she even got there, I just said, I go, you know, I, I go, I'll be right there with you you know, you could say in spirit, or I'll be right there with you energetically the whole time. And that, you know, pacified her a little bit, but she's like, okay, mom's just a little weird, you know? So, but what was interesting is I sat in the waiting room, literally, I saw her, she, she, when she went out of her body because of the anesthesia, she literally came out and sat next to me in the waiting room energetically the whole time. We just talked the whole time until it was time for her to go back um, as she was coming to from the anesthesia. So she wasn't even there to feel what was going on in the body. So, yeah, we're just, again, we're shifting our perception of what's possible. And we're meeting, um, we're, we're meeting your child in.
0: in ease, grace, safety, yep, meet right there, meet right there, it's going to help you relax as well while you're waiting, (laughs) Yeah, so I hope that's helpful.
2: All right, this question is, um, from before I can remember, I have always had a tendency to be running down Running late, it is a trait that seems to trickle down from my mother. However, my husband has the same tendency. It seems to affect us both mentally. However, not with the same energetic weight that others seem to place on a topic of punctuality. I know there's more behind this than a habitual pattern. I'm wondering if instead of respect for other people's time, is it a lack there of my own, of our own? I'm interested to hear what the energetics look like around from this perspective.
0: Well, um, again, I want to shift us out of, again,
1: from the separation perspective, we're we're looking for we're looking for the wrongness in it. Wrongness what is about not respecting other people's time or not respecting our own time. Quite frankly, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same energy um, to not respect somebody else's time is to not respect your own, to not respect your own is to not respect somebody else's. So let's let's move that energy out of the way for just a second because to me, you know, and we can also say that, you know, very often spouses kind of get together because they have they have similar traits and or they're going to, trigger make us aware of similar traits so so that's that piece the more interesting place for me to go here is really around again what we have made that mean as part of our lineage or what the lineage has made that mean because it's almost like if it's come down through the lineage it's come down through these different generations Quite frankly, you you heard from a very early age, or you sensed from a very early age, the way your whoever the late one was in the family you you heard or felt or sensed or absorbed simply the information that that person held around quote unquote being late, and so again we're in this time right now where we truly can reorient um, ourselves into a more unified perspective of, of quote unquote, being late. So if being late has come down through the generations as something that's wrong or bad, or, you know, or disrespectful to self or others, then again, that's, that's just simply the perception that you've absorbed that you're going to have. So the, (laughs) the shift in that really is, you know, I choose, I choose, I choose, I choose to honor myself and others. I, I, I choose to honor myself and others, you know, not, not from the perspective of being late. It's just the, the bigger picture is, is that you choose, you choose to honor yourself and others. You choose to honor yourself and others in all ways. You choose to honor yourself and others for the greater good of yourself and for all sentient consciousness. You choose. So it's like the pattern is just the pattern. The pattern is just the energy of separation. The choice point is what unifies that into something completely different. And so we're not going to pay so much attention to why or how or where or when or how this has come down it's um, one of my mentors used to always say. Don't look at what's happening look at what that is making you want to do right like so don't look at what the the issue is per se L- literally look at what it's inviting you to or what it wants you to create beyond that separation energy and so yeah if you i can feel it in you as you just dip into it's almost like you're just using that experience or you're using that patterning as an opportunity to choose beyond it and even as i'm saying to you i choose you know, to respect myself and to respect others. I choose that, you know, for my own well-being, for the well-being of all sentient consciousness. It puts you in a much bigger field. It expands you exponentially. Um, It puts you into a space where you're feeling your vastness and feeling your capacity instead of just feeling the patterns or experiencing the patterns that have come down through your your generations or your lineage yeah yeah and i i will tell you guys i promise i promise right now small choices um for your own well-being and for the well-being of all is huge right now huge
0: right now interconnectedness to all things yeah
2: okay this question is Uh, recently i had an experience of a small portion of my skull on the right side feeling solid and the rest of my skull felt as though it was being twisted open in a counterclockwise manner what is going on energetically thank you yeah
1: yeah it's i mean when i say that like our biology is changing releasing opening altering um i'm I'm dead serious. It's like literally every cell in the body, every bone, every system, every structure—you name it—it's—it's it's all reorienting to a completely different perspective. I—I I know I've—I've I've had moments in my own experience lately. Sometimes I feel like, okay, is my brain just melting? You know, like literally, like my whole skull, my head. Way back in the day my i went through a period where there was an expansion going on it felt like all the sutures in my skull that you know naturally and organically fuse after a bit of time after we're here for a while for a few years anyway they start to fuse right it was like they were all coming unfused and they were all breaking open and reorienting not very comfortable at the time a little bit easier at this point, but what I would say is, again, check these things out physically, check these things out, you know, in a way that makes you feel comfortable. But by and large, what you're showing me is like one part of the skull is holding, um, uh, it's, it's, it's anchored or it's holding a particular pattern, everything else is reorienting around that focal point, right? And so it almost looks like, you know, if there's a part of your head somewhere that's feels really, really solid, let's let that be the anchor point for right now for the reconfiguration of everything else. Once everything reconfigures, it's almost like then this part of the the skull you might say that's holding a particular yeah i just keep hearing it's holding a particular anchor we can give that anchor permission to release yeah we can give it permission to release yeah it and again with everything physical um you know i'm not giving medical advice or anything else here but what i will say is with anything that feels like it's structural or medical, um, check it out to whatever degree it feels comfortable to check it out. I'm noticing that very often, you know, there can be something there that is temporary as you shift from one end of the spectrum or, or as you shift from separation energy into a more unified field your your body is kind of like some of the things that might've gone off in the past or going off again, right? So there might be a way in which we can physically support the body um, as it moves through that. But yeah, what you're showing me is like, like the, literally the structure of the skull is shifting frequency and it has an anchor point that,
0: will release you might say last yeah
2: yeah okay okay why is biting such a compulsion for my child he has sensitive ears ears but screams a lot too there's so many
0: layers and levels to this um it depends on what body we look into, but so
1: let's look into several of them. So there can, there can be just this absolute frustration in what's being received by any, in any given moment. And if what's being received in any given moment is stressful, overwhelming, you know, if our experience of him is, you know, to be stressful, overwhelmed ourselves even. It's like uh, I can just, my fists want to clench up. My throat wants to clench up. My head kind of hurts, you know, just as we're having this conversation. So it's like um, we, on the one level, we can call this just pure, frustration and again most kids who are highly energetically sensitive like this one is they are more in a unified field than they are in a separation field and when the energy of separation is kind of thrown in their direction all day every day you know because either because you know people don't quite understand the, the significance of that level of sensitivity or for a variety of other reasons or because, you know, people, you know, are having their own stressors, their own overwhelm by having somebody in their space that is, you know, functioning in a completely different way than what has been typical up to this point and definitely typical for the people who are you know, witnessing it. So it's almost like there's this clash of separation energy and unity energy. And as those two energies clash, it's it, there's a frustration to it. There's an overwhelm to it. Again, I would start just saying point blank um, to this child, you know, I, I recognize how challenging being here is for you. I recognize how challenging it is to receive information, you know, all day, every day, that is is different than what really is, um, what really supports your nervous system, your, right? It's like the, the central nervous system of this one and many of the kids who function like this is just so fine-tuned, so heightened, so almost trigger-happy, you know, in some ways it's just so acutely tuned. It's tuned to sound, It not just sound as far as what's being spoken, but the vibration behind that, the, the orientation of what's being heard is again it's like is it in separation is it in a unified field and so it's like that sensitivity to sound is not just what the sound is the sensitivity is to is it creating separation is it creating unity right is it unifying bringing things together or separating and what's and that becomes a frustration. It becomes an overwhelm. It becomes a frustration. It becomes I I don't know what to do with this. It, anxiety, stress, overwhelm. So let's clear. Let's just reset things here a little bit. And again, not making the world of separation even wrong or bad. It's simply just a different field of information Than where the kids hang out and they're being asked constantly to come into a field of information that they have no desire to be in whatsoever. You know, they're not here to play the separation game at all. And yet they're very, you might say, triggered by that separation game, their bodies, their minds, their emotions all react to that. And Again, that's not as a punishment to, to, to anyone interacting with this child. It's an invitation to kind of just notice within ourselves. It's like, you know, where are we in separation? Where are we in division? Where are we? Where are we believing what isn't possible versus what is possible? And I get it, you know, if you've watched somebody challenged and suffering and, and for a long time, it's, you know, it, it, that it's a big reorientation. But that reorientation is exactly what's on offer here. So, clearing, like, again, clearing this out of the head, clearing it down through the vagus nerve, through the central nervous system, through his fight, flight, freeze response. Let's just clear all that energy out. Let's clear it out of yours as well so that there can kind of be a
0: reset. Yep, a reset. Yeah, he just keeps like shaking it off, shake it off, shake it off. Yep. Okay, let's see here. Yeah. Okay, I hope that's helpful.
1: Speak to this child exactly what you're noticing, whether you believe that your child understands every word or not. Again, the consciousness picks it up. The field picks it up. We are energy exchanging energy all the time. And so we just want to um, share empathy, compassion, understanding, wow, this is, you know, for you to bite yourself like this, this, that must be really something really challenging is going on for you. Or something is really frustrating, or, you know, this is what it looks like from my vantage point. Just speak it, speak it so that the consciousness picks it up and the consciousness will then feel Supported. Yeah. Seen,
0: heard, valued. Yeah. For the challenge that it is to be a unified field in. Yeah, a world of separation. Yeah.
2: Can I affect and how my young adult son, who is in no contact in a no-contact situation with me and very restricted environment, to integrate and help him transcend the negative, dense, dark energy place he is in.
1: Well, again, we're gonna um, hold on a second to do it. Okay. I, can I we we are reorienting here today and here at this time in history to the fact that, you know, we hear things like we are, we're, we're energy. We are, we're energy first, right? That energy kind of coagulates into a, a body or a thought process or emotions or whatever, but it's, it's energy first. And so to um, a lot of times I tell people in the, in the mentorship you know, let's create the field, let's create the energy that we would like to experience, you know, with our children. And so not, not to make them step into that field, but to invite them to step into that field. So if you have a child who is challenged or in a dark space or, um, my question first would be how would i how would i like to experience that child how would i like to experience my child right and so and giving yourself just a few moments you know a few moments a day when you're taking a walk when you're driving in your car when you when you actually bring your child to mind instead of bringing him to mind from the vantage point of being in a dark space let's bring him to mind almost like giving him a little reprieve from that you know it's like what um what if questions i think are really amazing right now so you know what if you were having this amazing conversation with him what if your interaction with him was light and loving and kind going both directions? What if there was just this heart opening between the two of you that just felt so um, encouraging? You know, what if, so you see what I'm saying? It's like, as we create that field, we create a potential, we create a possibility, we create an opening or an invitation and, Most people who are challenged or suffering in any way at a subtle level, if they feel that field of possibility, they'll take it. There's there's really not a person on this planet that wants to be in suffering or in separation. So what we're doing is we're simply just creating a field of... hmm, possibilities right and we we literally are reorienting ourselves ourselves to what's possible as well yeah and so it's almost like um we in the mentorship we call this microdosing we kind of create a sphere we kind of microdose ourselves with the feelings that we would like to have in relationship to our children yep and as we microdose ourselves, that field is field of information is available, right? And the moment that that field of information is available, um, most often, you know, our children will take that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And so it takes definitely takes a little bit of practice. But even if we consider how often we notice that anybody, anyone on the planet is suffering or challenged or whatever, if we just give ourselves just a moment to recognize the fact that we spend so much time, we've been conditioned to spend so much time in that lower vibrational range of fear, worry, and concern, those are all separation energies. So we we can't we literally can't create a unified experience between child and parent or between anything um, and ourselves until we move up that that spectrum of of experience, you might say. So even if we get to a place where we're in curiosity, acceptance, you know, um, those that kind of field is more a tipping point. Yeah, but if we just consider how many moments in any given day we spend in fear, worry, and concern, either for ourselves, for somebody else, for the world at large right now, all I'm pointing out here is it's a lower vibration on that spectrum of energy right? So if we consciously choose to put in a little joy, to put in a little ease, oh my gosh, it would feel so good to just, you know, have a phone call from my kid or or hear that he's doing so well. It's like something's shifting, something's changing. Just that little microdosing creates that as an opportunity, right? And if we keep doing that, um, what we notice, especially, you know, in the mentorship is there's a lot of shifting that, that starts happening.
2: Yeah. 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 Good. Thanks. All right. This question is, I realize now that I did too much for my twins when they were young. Now that they are young adults, what can I do to help us get our, uh, our out of enmesh, enmeshment and support them to learn the skills they are capable of? Thank you.
1: Yeah. So again, um, let's first be here now. Be right here, right now. So we all, I think, just about everybody here, including myself for sure, could kind of go, "Damn, wish I hadn't done that," or you know, "Wish, wish it wasn't that way," in the past. Let's, Let's give ourselves permission to, again, drop the shame, blame, guilt. So if we think fear, worry, and concern as a triad is kind of lower on that frequency range, if we go down to blame, shame, guilt, we're kind of at the bottom of the, you know, uh, at the bottom of that spectrum of energy. I mean, I can, even if I say those words, blame, shame, guilt, and feel those in your body blame shame guilt and then let's shift that up to you know joy love bliss you know joy love bliss you know even the body's like literally will start reaching for it it's like the you can feel the you can feel that the body lightens up just having those words be present so This now moment can either be perpetuated in fear, worry, concern, blame, shame, guilt, or we can kind of go, okay, here I am right here, right now. Right here, right now, what I choose is to kind of microdose myself with the the potential, with microdose myself with the experience of like what 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 if what if you didn't do anything wrong what if what if they what if you didn't do anything wrong i love that question what if nothing's broken what if everything is just a a potential impossibility in any given moment yeah and so if you could experience them right here right now again, not because you're trying to make them do that, but for yourself, what would it feel like for the twins to be capable, to be self-reliant, to be, what would it feel like in your body? What joy would that bring you? What ease would that create in your life, right? Just to microdose yourself with that experience just for the sake of, giving yourself a little dose of that experience right in the midst of of whatever has been going on up to that point just to reorient yourself energetically energetically sensitive kids match the energy they're they're tuned in tapped in turned on right to that not to what we say, not to what we do, not to, to the energetics, to the subtle field. And so when we start imprinting that subtle field on purpose, when we start imprinting it, microdosing ourselves with that on purpose, they start picking up that field as well. This is why, like when we did the 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 intention experiment way back in the day with Bill Tiller, that's why we could broadcast an intention into an environment and the children would begin to shift and change in that environment. We don't need a device to do that. We can use them with their, they can be helpful, but we don't need a device to do that. We are those devices. And the moment that we start reorienting ourselves to potentials and possibilities, just for the sake of it feeling good in our own bodies, it's much more likely that the kids will tune into that and kind of go all of a sudden start showing you something that they couldn't do before that they can do now. Right? Again, we're all held in a certain vibrational space. And depending on what that vibrational space is, we will match that vibrational space. This is even more true with kids who are showing up um, as energetically sensitive, as you know, some of the kids diagnosed on the spectrum, or that—I mean, they're they're just tuned into that energy. So let's let's start re imprinting something completely different. And every single time, blame, shame, guilt comes up, fear, worry, concern. A great question is, what would it feel like to have a little bit of bliss in this moment? What would it feel like to have a little joy? Just to microdose yourself for a second, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little dabble do, yeah, right? <laughs> How, a little goes a long way right now. Yeah, so
2: I hope that's helpful. Okay, I'm going to do one more question, then you can do last words. Thanks, great. Okay, uh, let's see. Can you tell us about the difference between manifestation and alignment? I don't know. <laughs> Let me see.
1: Um, hold on a second. Let me go somewhere else.
0: I is not seeing make in Jinjunkia to Kid Asam again I'm not I'm not sure there is a difference that I give a sentada come to you today sam we are we are um I did you we Create
1: the reality, not quite, hold on
0: a second. Okay, so we manifest into our experience what we are aligned with, right? We manifest into
1: our experience what we are aligned with. The challenge in that statement is that we are, we are not always consciously aware of what we are aligned with. The unconscious does the vast majority of the manifestation, if you will. This is why it's so important that regardless of what shows up in our life experience, that we give ourselves permission to be present to it, to meet it, meet ourselves with some degree of love, compassion, and understanding. What typically happens is the unconscious is broadcasting information all day, every day. The early imprinting is broadcasting all day, every day. We draw to us or we manifest into our reality. An experience of that, we don't necessarily like that experience. You know, it's an imprint basically of somebody from somebody else. We don't necessarily like that. And so, what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to make ourselves wrong for whatever just showed up, just like somebody else made themselves wrong or made us wrong for something that showed up earlier in our lives. We don't want to miss the opportunity that when something shows up that we're not um, enjoying or happy with, or are um, when that shows up, if we can meet that that experience with some degree of love, compassion, understanding, we we all re- we immediately reorient that unconscious pattern to being met to being unified instead of being separated so we want to utilize every single experience that we have nothing that's taking place in our lives is it, it's not that it's it's good or bad it's all it's all there to create beyond right and as we kind of take the reins and choose to create beyond what we've created before We literally will start to align with the energy that is love, compassion, and understanding. We'll align with what what we will align with um, being met, being supported,
0: being held, being loved. And therefore, we will manifest more and more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's you you use every single moment. It's like,
1: ah, oh, this moment sucks. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. Okay. Instead of again hearing the voices of the past or just making ourselves wrong for that. This shouldn't be happening. Any of that. No, let's let's just drop into a little love, compassion, and understanding. You know, let's meet that part of ourselves. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to figure it out, but we can be with it, whatever is arising from that vantage point right there. You're just training your whole energetic system to love, compassion, and understanding. You get more of it. (laughs) Yeah. Get more of it. Yeah. So. All right, thank you guys.
0: All right, let's see if there's anything else that wants to be shared before we go today. Yeah, so again, we're, we're not separate from anything or anyone.
1: So it's not what's arising that matters, it's how we meet what's arising
0: that's important, yeah? And when we consider that if we meet what's arising, sometimes it's challenging to meet what's arising
1: within ourselves, especially if it's physical, um, to meet that with love, understanding, compassion, Sometimes it's very challenging to meet that in that way for ourselves. But if you consider that your thoughts are not just your thoughts, your feelings are not your feelings, and even the physical symptomology that is being experienced through your body is not just your physical symptomology. If we choose to meet these experiences that we are capable of resonating with, if we meet those with love, compassion, and understanding, again, not just for ourselves, but for the well being of all, we start seeing, experiencing these things from a different perspective. They're opportunities to support, they're opportunities to
0: serve. Yeah their opportunities to be present with aspects of ourselves
1: in ways that we've never really been present to them before. And I will say that that being present to ourselves in that way, again, absolutely impacts the whole. You could do this all day, every day and be
0: an amazing contribution to human evolution at this time. We're interconnected,
1: there is no separation. So what we do for ourselves, we do for for all. And when we're conscious of that,
0: it also makes it much easier to do for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I hope
1: that's helpful everybody thank you guys for being here it was a pleasure and um
0: see you next month all right